Greetings, Dave. Hello, Amber. How are you this fine evening? Well, I've been cursed by a witch. Oh, shit. I know. It's terrible. I'm trying to keep away from, like, spinning wheels and, like, apples and all kinds of things. Is that when you, like, have to burn sage around your house and stuff? Uh, um, yeah, in a sense. Okay. Well, that sounds terrible. Yeah. It's it's awful. I mean, I suppose in this case the witch is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so not an actual witch. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. It's a very murky situation. I, I was just, like, really literally imagining, like, you, like, stumbled through your backyard out into the woods, got lost, found a witch's hut, somehow caught her hut on fire. She cursed you. Gosh, that does sound like a nice day. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, better than... Yeah, or maybe like stepped on her frog or something. Yeah. yeah. Or like accidentally kicked her cat. Yeah. Knocked her over the cauldron. Sure. Whatever. There's so- all kinds of misfortunes. Sounds way better than most of my days anyway. Mm, sounds better than mine too. So Amber. Yeah. Um... About a year ago, we we quit making owls. This is true. Yeah. Did you know that there were reasons for that? Um, like most things with you, I don't really ask or pry. I wait for the information to to freely come to me. Really? Is that true? No. It's, okay. I just make, make uh, shit up. No, uh, I know uh, why. Uh, I'm just I was just making sure because it's like. Gosh, you can always ask. <laughs> no, no, again, like I said in the last episode, uh-huh. this is a character I play. Uh-huh. I do take baths. I do talk to Dave. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I think for for different reasons, both of us went through a, a thing about a year ago. Yes. And it it kind of became untenable to keep doing this, which which really stinks, but... It just it it was hard it was hard for me to be funny, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard for that. Uh, so uh, for the listeners, yeah. I think this might be a more serious. Oh yeah, this episode. is this is like one of those like eighties sitcoms when they had like a very special episode. Oh yeah, and it was like going to be emotionally touching. Yeah, and it was and... it wasn't like funny at all. Okay, so just just letting you be you know right. people who if you're here be... for the yucks. Uh, Go back an episode. Go back an episode or 14. <laughs> yeah. And then skip over this episode, which I think is episode 17. Two. Oh, are we, wait, it isn't 2.2? Oh, oh, we're going to start over? I don't know. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Shoot, I don't know. I mean, just, just it's don't a brave li- new just world to, out here. Just don't listen to this episode. Right, right. We don't need to know what number this is. Yeah. Just don't listen to just it. Just don't listen to it. Or, or do. I mean, I think it's. I think that I do want to talk about this a little sure. bit. Because number one, it's cathartic, and number two, I think it's just from the perspective that we all go through stuff, yeah, and life gets really hard for like everybody, right? And I think I've learned some lessons through this, and you just want to share, yeah, yeah. I, I think fine. that that's kind of where this is coming from. And also, like to like listeners know, like Dave and I don't get to hang out as often as we like to anymore, and so no. this show is really one of our ways to like catch up and 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 you know talk about stuff, yeah. Sometimes ridiculous stuff. Sometimes <clears throat> mm-hmm. actual life stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, by and large, it's funny. But like, I don't know that this one's going to be a, a, a real like a kick in the pants. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that being said, with that put being said, your pants on. Right. Pants we're are not going to kick them. Not going to kick them. And take it away, Dave. Well, about a year ago. Well, let me take it back. There, uh, over the course of several years, my marriage was in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And things kind of came to a head 
as right as our last episodes were airing. Yes. Last fall. And like I say, it just got to a place where life wasn't funny anymore. And truthfully, like there was a long period before that where it was it was kind of a struggle and um, things weren't doing well. And I just it was kind of a constant weight and a constant stress with me. Right. I mean, as a outside perspective and friend of Dave's, it was it was really hard to see defeated Dave, like yeah. just down down all the time, Dave. Like there's right. there's a Dave that's kind of like just kind of you know kind of just a pessimistic uh, you know yeah sure like, I'm a cynic a cynic Absolutely. person. But this was not cynic Dave. This was okay. I don't know if I should make a joke at Dave right now right. because I don't know if it's going to go over well. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a guy who gives up on things. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it's not in my nature. I mean, I've owned the same car for 29 years. Right. I I don't give up on things. Things are fixable. Mm-hmm. We put our head down and we we make it work. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave it everything I had. Mm-hmm. And you know that process of hanging on to it when she just didn't want to be a part of it really hurt me in ways that I'm I'm still coming to grips with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm assuming that's the cowboy cookie gunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a whole phlegm ball back there. Um, it's, you know, I, I, now that I have the clarity of hindsight, um, I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Would have never called it that at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- she was going through some stuff um, and, and really... You know, her mental health wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And I think she reached a place a long time ago where she wanted out. But I think it was, my opinion, is it was hard for her to come to grips with that right. that realization. And it was much easier to blame me and tell me that things were, you know, that our relationship problems were my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if I was a better this or I was a better that, or if I treated her better or I treated the kids better, I things would magically get better. Right. And I internalized a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, that I was this terrible person who didn't treat people well. Mm-hmm. It, it eroded my self-esteem down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it was, it was last fall that things kind of came to a head. And um, I actually came up and spent the night with you um, up in your brand new yeah. house. And um, last November, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a breaking point, right? Um, where it was a a place where I couldn't stay in that house, right? Another night, I had I had picked out the spot in the backyard where I was going to shoot myself. Oh wow! Yeah, because I wasn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. I you know the. Honestly, the the two things that stopped me was I didn't want to have the kids find me. Mm-hmm. And because, again, I live in a small town, I couldn't figure out how to get my hands on a gun without someone mm-hmm. feeling guilty about that. Right. And, but um, well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. Um, but it was serious. Yeah. It was real, real serious. Mm-hmm. And what led up to me coming up to your house for that night was... I was talking with my wife, and I said, you know, 
you don't need anything from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I need things from you and I feel like a parasite, um, that I'm taking from you and, and, um, I am, I am a drain on your life. Mm-hmm. And her response was nothing. She didn't respond Sorry, in any anything? way. No. Was this, uh, talking yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. face to face? Okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not a healthy place to be at all. No. And, you know, even if you feel like you don't have a future together, just as a, I like humanity and want, right. want people to, to be healthy, right. um, that's a terrible place to be. Um, and it's just, it wasn't a healthy situation and it was very dangerous for me. Right. And I, I needed a break. Right. And so I appreciate you being there. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. It's definitely a hard situation for friends to watch friends go through 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 stuff, right? Right, right. And so I just want to speak from my perspective. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Okay. Go right ahead. So I have a very personal hard stance where I I don't know. I think I tried to be neutral for a really, really long time with your guys mm-hmm. in this relationship because I was friends with both you of knew, you. Yeah, I right, was friends I with both of you. And it's a situation where you kind of stop thinking about people as people and you just see, well, I, I no, I, I thought about you guys as people, but there's also obviously this relationship, right? That's right. its own thing. You're individual, but then you, the, mm-hmm. the it, union, the, yeah. Yeah. Whatever comes together. And on the outside, you can see it's not healthy. Like a, a friend can see that's not right. healthy. And as a friend, you kind of just, it's not really your place to be like, Hey, what's like, this is not right. Like, and say that stuff. And I w- was waiting for, one of you to say something to any one of us like or just me or whatever and it was like wasn't happening right and then so when i think it was i'm obviously closer i've always been closer with you and i've tried to make friends with your with your uh ex-partner um but it's just some it's hard you know people click in different ways right and i'm going to tell this to you now because i did give her one piece of advice way back when and mm-hmm. it was literally what you've been trying to tell her too was if it's not working for you you have to stop it like right. you have to stop it like dave is working this relationship right. and if it's not working for you end it because it's not good to just keep going if you're kind of lukewarm about it after being because I had gone through my own yeah divorce, right you'd gone divorce. through uh, yeah a, a situation that had a lot of parallels and it was a situation where my partner wanted to work on us after it had broken to in like just completely broken like there was right. no going back I was so emotionally away from it but I ended it because I wanted him to find his happiness elsewhere right and he would keep pursuing this relationship with me if i didn't say no right 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 and so i had to be the one to say no for both of us and like you said your personality you don't give up and with her personality i think it was hard to make that that stance yeah and i don't say that as a as a necessarily a a positive thing yeah i think it's kind of a a value neutral thing i mean there's times when it's really helpful there's times when it's not very right i was gonna ask you it's like you talked about that what did you learn about yourself about that personality trait during all of this Uh, you know i i think that there's it, it was it was a realization to me 
that if I didn't give up on this thing, it was going to kill me. Right. Because that isn't like that had never occurred to me. Right. We'd been together 16 years. Mm-hmm. And that's a long time and a lot of history. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's problem. There were problems for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think we both, you know, bore some responsibility for those problems. But I think I had every desire to to try to patch that together and move forward. And I don't think she really ever did. Um, and so there was probably five years that I mm-hmm. beat my head against that wall. Right. I Do you think the sunk cost fallacy plays into that a lot too, where it's like I put X amount of time and it's just hard to let that time go? Somewhat. I mean, it isn't necessarily the time, but it's there is a 16-year gap in my life that I is gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, really more than that. But yeah, I mean, like that time we went to the beach, I'm the only one who knows that now. Right. Um, that trip we took to Europe, I, it might as well not have happened um, because I don't have those memories to share with anyone. And that's that sucks. Yeah, I think – so here's my my thing about that too because I – you know, I've been outside of my uh, my divorce, my separation for almost five years now. Yeah. Almost four, 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 five years. I think it's 2015 was when it all started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, four years. Yeah. And I think the first year after is probably the hardest because you do feel a lot of that. It's like I wasted so much time. That was 10 years. That was X amount of years. Yeah. But I always try to look back on it and go, that was 10 years of me learning the hard way stuff. But how else am I going to learn these things? Like Everything that I was up to that point of meeting my ex-partner made me choose the partner I chose, right? Like right. there must have been something about me at that point in time when I was 19 or 20 that made me go, this person I want to be with. And based on that back then, it meant that maybe like I'm, you know, analyzing myself, right? Right. What was it? And a lot of it was related around self-esteem issues or self-confidence issues and just my upbringing in general. I also was a very like I do not fail things. Like right. if I commit to something, I'm committed to it. Yep. You totally are like that. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, if you say I can't do something, hold my beer, watch me. Yeah. Like I will do this thing, and I will make it beautiful and awesome. And that's what I did with this relationship. And it's not. I think that there's parts of that that's good. I think there's also parts of it that are bad because it's almost like an idealistic view of stuff. Sure. And so I think that. It did take me this 10-year relationship to to understand more about myself and more about my relationship choices and who I am. So I try not to look back on that time as like I wasted it. No, and I don't feel like it's wasted. But at the same time, it's it's time that is gone. Yeah, I get and, you. And kind of the, the story of that time is... is Kind of no longer, you know sure. what I mean? Or it's different. I kind of get that too, but at the same time, it's like I, like I don't try to erase my partner from my life right now. Like, like I, again, like I said, the first year's hardest, right? But after time, it's like, oh, I can look back on my past and go, oh, I remember that good time, and I have shared that story with other people. Yeah, and I'm not trying to ignore the fact that that stuff didn't happen, right? Because I mean. There are still good things. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's no way I can erase 
her from my life. Mm-hmm. We've got two kids together, um, and there's a lot of co-parenting going on. Right. But right now it sucks. Right. Like, every day I have to speak with her is mm. kind of a rotten day. Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, yeah, I absolutely do. I remember you going through that. You know, it's a little bit like getting thrown off the side of a ship. Mm-hmm. You just curl up in a ball and wait to float to the surface, mm-hmm. um, at least emotionally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then once you once you font break surface, you can like, okay, how am I going to live through this? And I feel like that's kind of a process I'm I'm in the middle of. Right. I'm way better than I was. Mm-hmm. I was better day one. Well, day two. Day one was fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Day two was pretty bad, but um, it, you know. Not long thereafter, it was there was a huge stress relief um, that I just didn't have to coexist with this person that was was literally breaking me. That was a relief. And, um, and I mean, not to be like to her, you know, point. I mean, like I said, like there's individual people and then there's just like the stress of the relationship, too. I mean, I just want to say, like, I think when I ended my my past relationship I kind of felt the same thing. Like the first day I had a severe panic attack. Like it's like all this is finally coming to head. I'm going to throw up. Right. Um, the second day it's like, oh, like I don't have to worry about this thing that I've been worrying about for ages. Yes. Yes. For ages and ages. It feels like, you know, for me it was like a four year process as well. Yeah. Like realizing and coming to terms with that something was Like I would wrong. come home from work and there would be a pit in the middle of my stomach driving home. Yeah. And I would be so stressed about like, okay, what kind of mood is she in today? Is she upset? Is she good? Do I, well, how do I intervene? How do I interact? Um, is this, am I just going to have to take charge and like make dinner and take care of everything? Or is she going to play a role in this? And like, how's this going to interact today? Do we need to have a big talk? Well, and like, now I come home and it's quiet. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it before too, personality wise. We don't like not knowing how something's going to going like Mm -hmm. i know personally i have expectations of how things are going to be and if they don't play out at least somewhere close to that expectation i am like it's not just i'm angry it's just like i'm unsettled essentially like it's just unsettling for me to come home and oh there's a party happening right and i didn't know that was going to happen i'm like oh there's people now in my house that i didn't clean for oh my god And that was kind of what I went through with my yeah. my past relationship. Yeah. Oh, we're we're having people over tonight. I did not plan for that. I wanted to go to bed at ten o'clock because I have right. to work t- the next day. I came home and I really have to poop right now. Yeah, and, and, but there's there's people here, and there's so somebody like, ripping a bong in my bathroom right. right now. Great. All right. Wonderful. Guess I don't poop today. <laughs> no poop for Amber. Yeah, like I say, it was never that. It was just, just I mean, what would have been a low level stress that just gradually amplified to just deafening i sleep better i'm healthier i'm stronger i'm in every sense of the word Mm -hmm. not having to check in with someone to make routine decisions um not having to have a fight about who does the dishes tonight yeah not i mean not even like what you would consider like a normal fight like amber you need to do the dishes yeah but rather hey i'd like to do the dishes yeah and the response is no don't do that I'll, I'll do them. I'll do them later. Okay. And so if I do the dishes, then it's a fight. But I know very well they're not going to get done later. Mm. But it's it's an excuse so she doesn't feel bad about not doing the dishes. 
Mm. Um, and so I don't do them. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning they're there and then there's more dishes and it just, it becomes like this, this. Just let me do the dishes. <laughs> right. It's just like, would you shut up and let me do the dishes? There's plenty of chores. You can do the next load of dishes. You can run the vacuum. You can do any or one. Or just work with me to, with like, cause I think the biggest thing is like mental health stuff. We've talked about this a lot with me specifically where it's like, I know my limitations and I know when to ask for help and I know right. when to like give back right and so it's definitely a hard thing to be like you know to with with you know my partner that i live with where it's like how we do chores and stuff is is very relaxed i would say because of just how i how i am you know like i and also our living how we live is basically very similar to yeah. being able to communicate effectively like i'll feel guilty if i don't do this are you going to feel bad if you do the dishes all the time because I don't have the energy to do it? Right. That right. kind of communication style is yeah. super important because my thing I do all the time is checking in, checking in questions. Mm -hmm. Hey, I feel like crap and I don't really want to do anything tonight. Will you resent me or feel bad if I don't want to do this thing, right. this responsibility? And if the answer is no, then I take that no as a no. Right, right. Right. And like, and you have to take that as an honest answer. Yes, as an honest answer. Not a, because I think the problem I ran into so often is I I was getting the answer she thought I wanted to hear. Right. And that isn't what I wanted. You want the real I honest want the honest answer. answer. If it's going to upset you, then say so. Right, exactly. Because, I would rather Because I don't want to deal with this resentment because you feel bad, but you I when I asked you that specific question, you you lied to me. Right. And so I operate very strongly on the if you tell me no, that means no and you don't get to hold it against me. I dealt yes. with that for too long and you just tell me straight up Right. what you need. Because if you say no, I take it as a no. If you say yes, I take it as a yes. Yes. And I'll take that really seriously. And I will do whatever it is to the, that needs right, we'll to, fix it. To, to do it. But if you say no, I'm taking it as a no. Because I can't fit – and the argument we had a million times is I can't fix a month ago. Mm -hmm. If something upsets you a month ago, that's kind of tough shit. And if you said something a month ago, we could have had a discussion. It would have been no big deal. And then I could have adjusted my behavior going right, forward. right. Because all you can do is apologize and make amends and try to do better. Right, exactly. But a month down the road, it's like, well, yeah. I'm sorry that happened then. I can't make amends or, or you know, I could right. do better now. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I can't, I can't resolve this for you. Right, exactly. <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah. My past, your past. Ugh. So I, in our game, Tales from Moxbury. Yes. I play a minotaur. Correct. His name is Nuek. I have kind of adopted the Minotaur as my spirit animal. Okay. Because here's the beauty of it, Amber. Minotaurs never... Uh, Minotaurs aren't riddled with anxiety. No. Minotaurs don't doubt themselves. Minotaurs find an obstacle, they lower their horns and attack. Okay. And I think that that's, in a lot of ways, a really healthy way to approach life. Sometimes either you either you defeat this obstacle or overcome it or you don't. But either way, you've dealt with it head on. Right. And I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, not I mean, again, it's all a metaphor. Yeah. But like, um, you know, however you deal with that obstacle right. instead of putting things off and, and, and trying to ignore them and letting things metastasize, find a problem. Deal with it. If you have to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone at work, lower your horns and do it. 
Right. Um, it's not going to be as bad as you think it is. Yes. If something bothers you with with a loved one or whoever, deal with it. Right, because like like we said earlier, it doesn't. You can only avoid stuff for so long. Right. And then it gets bigger, has time to fester, has mm-hmm. time to become putrid. If it's something that's big enough to deal with, deal with it. Right. If it's no big deal, then shut up and live your life. I guess it's like one of those things, too, where it's like when you deal with. So I, I say this stuff talking about my own mental health like it was easy. No. Right? No, 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 no. Like, OK, let's talk. Let's talk about so when I talk about my mental health stuff now on podcasts or just in general on Twitter, you know, I'm talking from a place where I've been working on stuff since I was 19. Right. Right. So right. this is how many years is that? Like 11. four years. Yeah. Shut up. I'm 31, <laughs> which is kind of weird to think about because I, I still see myself as like a 22 year old. But uh, so, yeah, so I'm talking about stuff. Where I've grown over a period of over a decade, right? And it's not easy to do. Like, yeah, you can put your head down and try and barrel through these obstacles. But if you're listening and you struggle with stuff, like, it's going to be difficult. But oh, honestly, no, absolutely. But honestly, it, I, I like the approach because it's one of those things where it's, it's, I try to tell people, just be a jellyfish. You know, it's like, just do it. Don't think about it right. because I know for a fact when I try to schedule a doctor's appointment, the more I think about it, the less likely I'm going to do it because yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God, I have to make a phone call and I have to figure out a time and then I'm going to have to drive to that place. And then pretty soon I'm, you know, it's two hours have gone by and I've th- not done my, yeah. my. I think so often the bigger obstacle is within our own head. Yes. Very true. I call it having two brains, right? You have your logical, rational-sided brain, then you have your worry brain. Right. And the worry brain sometimes dominates, and you spend so much time just, like, trying to trick your worry brain into, like, allowing... Shutting up. Yeah, yeah, shutting up. I mean, that's literally what I have to do. It's like I'm constantly talking to myself. That's why I'm crazy when we're on the doing our normal show. What is our like, normal show? Uh, when we're talking about ovipositors and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. like, that's all the shit that I keep on loop and, like, being right. goofy in my head. So I'm not listening to worry brain. worry brain. Yeah. Um, goofing around and that kind of and stuff. And I think in that sense, the jellyfish and the minotaur are similar in that they don't think about it. Yeah, they don't think about it. They just do what they do. I like jellyfish, though. I like minotaurs. That's fine. I'll just sting you. I'm immune. Uh, What? Yeah, it's you probably didn't know that. Uh, uh, are you mute on the inside? I try to be. Okay. Like legit, I try to be. Because <laughs> I could be a, like an irukandji tiny jellyfish, and like you're out in the ocean, and I swim up your butthole or something. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> We've crossed a line, Amber. Let's stay out of each other's buttholes. <laughs> This podcast is over. I can't do it anymore. No, it's fine. All right, we're done. No, we're not. No. Um, but on that note. Yes. A year ago at Gen Con. Yes. Gen Con 2018. Right. I drug you around through the artist gallery for like ever. Oh, like yes. all weekend. Yes. I found these adorable portrait style prints. Yes. Um, I liked them. A lot. I, I actually liked them a lot too. Um, I bought them as a gift for the wife. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened with them. They just where are they? She 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 put them in a pile of paperwork. Um, they stayed there for months. Oh. 
when she moved, she took them. And so in the lead up to Gen Con this year, mm-hmm. um, I, I was thinking about those. Yeah. Now, after this separation, I, I'm a very, very poor man. Yeah. So I really didn't have money to spend on art. Yeah. But I really liked those. Yeah. And I actually asked her, I said, do you have plans for those? Right. And she said, no, I don't have plans for those. I, I, I really don't want them. They remind me of a sad time. Okay. And I said, well, could I have them, please? Yeah. And so she gave them to me. Oh, nice. I found cheap frames on Amazon. Sure. They came pre-matted. Nice. Um, I hit them with uh, a can of gold spray paint. Ooh. Um, they came out pretty cool. Yeah. And I, and I have them hanging up in the house. And for me, it isn't necessarily a reminder of a sad time. Mm-hmm. For me, it is a reminder that I was still trying. Yeah. I was still making an effort to hold this together. And all of the negative things that she told me yeah. about how I don't value her and I don't, um, I don't respect her, mm-hmm. those weren't true things. Mm-hmm. Because I did. And, and, and there, on my wall is physical proof that those were lies and those weren't true statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I keep them there and, and um, they are a reminder of that. Well, I'll post pictures of those yeah, on to Twitter. Yeah, so good. I um, loved them because I remember, I do remember walking yeah. around Gen Con like all three days. Yeah, it was end. like forever because I was really like. And you were hemming and hawing over like which to get. And yeah. we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Also, it probably looks really, goes well with your Kraken rug. Yes, it does. Um, although they're in different rooms. Sure. But, uh, there they sit on the wall. Oh, awesome. I like that they're oval. Yes. Oh my God, they look so good. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so, like I say, that is that is kind of my own like affirmation. Like I say, it was a, it was a negative experience for her, and it was actually not that at all. And it was so much of her perception that I think kind of fueled that whole breakdown. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of my take home, and kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about all this stuff today is that like everybody goes through hard shit. Right. Like everybody. This was a really hard thing for me, but obviously other people have gone through much harder situations. But there is a there is another there is a there is a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. Um, and like we we push through it and like whatever negative forces are in your life, whether that's your worry brain or someone externally like that is telling you the worst things about yourself. Right. That that's stuff to shut down. Right. Find better influences than your own brain and get help if you need it. Yeah. That's what I say is like if you ever get to a point, listener, in your life where it's like. I you want to isolate don't right God please right. don't isolate yourself because that was a big problem I had was I would just I would get into this like spiral of negative thought right and some of the and like our games that were like really a, a, a tether during those really really tough times because I could get out of my own head yes and get into a character's head and like break that for a while and then like yeah like you said it's like that first step it's like once i can start talking i remember how to enjoy things i remember right. my friends and that's really really hard if you if you do isolate even if you don't have somebody now to talk to find a professional find somebody reach out call hotline talk to somebody because if not now maybe later and don't rob yourself or other people of of your presence right no exactly and i you know i poo poo a lot but i think that that is one of the really positive aspects of social media right. is that you you can find better influences. Yes. Um, you can find a, a, a tribe, so to speak. Yes. Um, with whatever issues you're struggling with, it's out there. And I think that the, that is one of the, 
the really positive aspects right. about social media. It is. And on top of that is people are still people, though, and not everybody is a professional who can do. Oh, no, absolutely. Stuff. And so it, it is no substitute. No, it is absolutely. no substitute for real, real actual help. So, yeah. But I guess I was thinking more in times of that isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes definitely. if there's no one physically around that yes. social media can can step in and substitute or like I say, just depending. I mean, if you're going through, um, you know, whatever issue there's, there's others, there's, there's support out there. Um, and, and, um, yeah, reach out and take it. Cause I mean, gosh, it's hard stuff. Yeah, it really is. Well, I'm happy you made it through. Me too. That we're doing bringing owls again. Yes. Because this is kind of a, this is another marker in the road for me. Right. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm together enough that you and I can sit down once in a while and make a podcast. And that's that's really a kind of a beautiful thing. It is. Are we done with an episode? Is that I, what happened? I think I think we're I think we're I think we're at a place where we can just like neatly tie a bow and tie the whole package to an owl right. and send it off in the night. That's beautiful. Uh, well, I try. Yeah. Not really. No, you try. Okay. Cool. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work, <laughs> yeah, but say, you try. Yeah. Uh, what can you say? If you want to reach out to us, yes. and uh, we have not brought back the pellets of wisdom yet, but that is a segment we do where we ask or we answer listeners' yeah, we don't questions. Ask. Well, sometimes we ask questions to answer questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can reach us at owls at keyspective.com. That's right. our email. Yes. And also on Twitter at uh-huh. bringing owls. Right. Hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Amber. I have a question for you. All right, shoot. If you could pick any one Magic the Gathering card to eat, which card would that be? Acorn Catapult, because I want those squirrel nuts. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised at how fast you did that. I don't know, Is that a real card? Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, wow, I didn't know. Cool. I learned something. There's all kinds of stuff that you can learn on Red Mage, Blue Mage, a Magic the Gathering talk show on the Geekspective Network. If you're like me, an idiot who doesn't understand <laughs> things, you can also learn from Kenny, who's great. We talk about magic lore, how to how to actually play the game, what what does a mana curve look like, and other cool stuff. <laughs> all that and more. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and pretty much any major platform. And we're on Twitter, at RedBlueMTG. Check us out!